0: I've been following the news this week, as I do every week, and I wonder what your favourite news story has been this week. Mine was the one about seeds from seagrass, which is flourishing around the Isles of Orkney, being carefully and sparingly harvested and taken to the further forth to re-establish seagrass beds there. It's hoped they will restore habitats and biodiversity, and there's evidence that it's already happening. An added bonus is that seagrass beds are a very effective carbon sink. I liked it for various reasons. First, because I've just been on holiday to Orkney and I've driven past the place where they're harvesting it several times quite unknowingly. I also liked it because my son is an assistant warden on several RSPB reserves in the Firth of Forth, and so he's also working to restore habitats and increase biodiversity. And finally, I liked it because it was a good news story. In amongst a lot of bad news, wars, deadly heatwaves, BBC presenters, And so on. So a story which connected with me in some way and was good news came as a welcome relief, a ray of light in a dark world. But before we think life was so much better before we had global news, we should remember that life in first-century Palestine wasn't all sweetness and light either. Diseases and injuries we think nothing of were killers. Palestine was under occupation by Rome, which in general despised their religion and imposed heavy taxes. There were violent revolutionaries opposing the Romans, and justice was brutal. And there'd been silence from God for 400 years. No prophets, nothing. And the religious leaders had responded with legal debates. The religious small print was getting harder and harder to follow. The people were hoping for a Messiah to come and sort it all out. The Messiah would be the King of Israel and Israel would be the King of all the nations. And the disciples expected it too. That's partly why when Jesus first said he was going to suffer and die, they were so distressed. That and the fact that they already loved him. Even after the resurrection, at the beginning of Acts, they asked Jesus, is this the time you will restore the kingdom to Israel? Despite all his teaching, it wasn't until he'd ascended into heaven that they really started to understand what their role was going to be. The kingdom of heaven was never going to be imposed on the world. The world was to be invited into the kingdom of heaven. That's why Jesus had to leave and the Spirit had to come. Jesus had to leave so that they would step up and the Spirit came so that they were able to. And the Spirit led Matthew to include this parable in his Gospel for a reason. The Kingdom of God is something like a farmer who sowed wheat in his field. Then, when no-one was looking and no-one could be expected to be looking because it was the time for sleep, an enemy came. And in among the wheat, the enemy sowed seeds of another grain, called Darnell. Now darnal is very hard to tell apart from wheat when they're both young plants. It's only when they start to grow their seed heads do they start to become distinguishable? Because the seeds of darnel are less densely packed on each ear, and when fully ripe, they're a purplish black or a blackish purple, depending on what you look up. Whereas wheat, more densely packed grains, and a golden colour. Darnel is what they call a stowaway grain, It has evolved to depend on humans harvesting other grains to spread its seeds. It's almost parasitic in the way it depends on early farming practices. But darnel hosts a fungus which is poisonous, intoxicating, hallucinogenic, even after it's been baked into bread. This was so well known about that the Romans even had a law forbidding people from sowing darnel in the fields of their rivals or enemies. Pulling darnel up before it's fully ripe is likely to pull the wheat up because like most weeds, the roots of darnel are more vigorous than that of wheat. So the safest thing to do is wait until harvest, when the difference is really clear. Then you send in expert reapers who cut the darnel out and only then do you harvest the wheat. And finally, you burn the field to stop any poisonous seeds from growing in the future. The disciples presumably recognized the situation, but they struggled to understand the application. And you can see why. Because at first hearing, it does sound very similar to the earlier parable, the one about the sower and the seeds that fell in different sorts of places. But it's obviously different somehow, and the disciples know that it's something to do with the weeds, and they even call it the parable of the weeds, or the tares, which is Darnell, when they ask Jesus to explain it we can imagine them asking a very similar question to the one that the servants asked. But this is the kingdom. The kingdom which Jesus, you, have proclaimed is at hand. Why is there anything bad in it? Why is it not just the glorious golden field of wheat shining in the sun? And Jesus explains. The one doing the sowing is me," he says, proclaiming the good news of the kingdom. The field represents the world, and the ears of wheat are the children of the kingdom, growing and bearing good seed wherever they are in the world. But there is an enemy, and in amongst the children of the kingdom are those who are not of the kingdom. They are rooted in enemy action, and they bear poisonous seeds. But do not fear, because at the end of the age, all who do evil and all who cause others to do evil will be separated out and will not be included in the harvest. In fact, all evildoers and all sources of evil will be utterly destroyed. The field of wheat will be no longer speckled with black, but pure gold shining in the sun. The children will be free of the enemy's influence and reflect God's glory perfectly. Jesus is saying he hasn't come to make everything perfect now. The kingdom of heaven is indeed at hand, But it's not complete, and there will be a period of waiting, just like a field has to wait until the harvest. So why does God wait? The disciple Peter, who heard this parable and this exclamation, answers this for us. Because many years later, he says in his letter, which is addressed to all the children of the kingdom. With the Lord, one day is like a thousand years, and a thousand years are like one day. The Lord is not slow about his promise, as some think of slowness, but is patient with you, not wanting any to perish, but all to come to repentance. Now, as I've been thinking about this parable over the last week or so, it's drawn into focus three particular things. And I'm going to draw to a close with them now because I hope that they're helpful for all of us in the complicated world that we live in today. First, it's very hard to tell the difference between a child of the kingdom and someone who isn't. They look very alike when growing side by side. Only by their seed can you tell them apart, but even then it's easy to be misled, which is why the expert reapers, not the servants, did the sowing. Perhaps what looks like darnel is just a young ear of wheat. Perhaps it's an ear of wheat that has been crushed and muddied by life. but We should be encouraged that it is not our role to judge. Our judge is Jesus, God and perfect human. He can be totally relied on to get it right. Secondly the thing that struck me is that evil is not God's handiwork but the enemies. God doesn't eliminate evil now because to do so would mean the end of the world. But the presence of evil does not stop us from growing in the kingdom. And most importantly, it doesn't undo, negate, invalidate in any way the good things that we do now, the good seed we produce. And finally, when we, just as those ancient Palestinians did, look at our very imperfect world and see so much evil and darkness, we are actually seeing the kingdom as Jesus described it here, present in the children of God, but marred by the work of the enemy. But if we look carefully, the good seed is still growing. And sometimes, like Jacob, we are surprised by just how close God is. So, just like the seagrass of Orkney is bringing life to the Firth of Forth, we are called to spread out, to spread the good news and bring new life wherever we go, wherever we might be taken. The church, the kingdom of God, should be a welcoming habitat into which all sorts of creatures can take refuge. Let those who have ear hear.